Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. DJ, welcome, listeners. Welcome, DJ. Dabs and Coffee, episode 19. We are recording on April 16th, 2020. Woo! Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll get to the we'll get to the what happened in history later. Uh <laughs> But uh, hey, real quick, I got to remind everybody, I have uh, made the, the blog, the website, um, that's live now. Please check out dabsandcoffee.com, D-A-B-S and coffee.com. Trying to update it daily um, as we're trying to keep the podcast going daily, um, as long as it's feasible. Uh, and I do like uh, updating that uh, that blog. I, I I, just so you know, DJ, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm still, and the listeners, I'm still playing with that thing. Um, I was going to try to make it, I, I, I don't know. I, I was going to, you know, it's like an art project. So, yeah. um, and the, the first few entries, the first entry was just an introduction. <clears throat> the last few have essentially been what the show has been. And, I, I'm probably going to do something slightly different. Um, I don't know yet. I keep having in my mind that eventually we are going to try to actually, I don't know. You know, you've mentioned business cards, stickers. I thought it'd be kind of cool to, um, you know, go into a coffee shop or a dispensary with that sort of stuff at <laughs> some point, you know? Right. And possibly even record there. Be like, today we're recording from this coffee shop. That'd be you know? sweet. Yeah. Except, uh, I don't know, a lot of background distractions and stuff, you know. Well, I think we'd have, like, an actual microphone at that point that would muffle whatever we didn't want. Um, I mean, just recording out the phones or right out the computer. I mean, we're doing it pretty much as rough as we can. Paul <laughs> even has a little foam thing that he he's, – he's played it for me. It sounds better. So, I mean – there's little pieces of equipment that if they're not expensive, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I might get just to help out with the, uh, the, the audio. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, um, so you got an offer to work at a place that combines automobiles with cannabis. That sounds like a horror movie. I don't know where you got that from, but no, no, I, it was, uh, <laughs> no, I, I reached out on the cannabis business network, which is like a, a, a group for people that work in cannabis and, you know, it, people just post jobs in there or whatever, but I, I decided to post our podcast trying to gain listeners and somebody commented and they were interested in coming on the show and talking about auto flowering plants. Oh, that's what that text was. I thought you said you got a job somewhere where a guy specialized. And then I just, I couldn't understand. I got auto 
And then I got something else out of it. And then in my head, I immediately had Transformers and Little Shop of Horrors combined in one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds awesome. But yep, I don't yep. know if I can make Good money with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you said that, too, I was like, oh, wow, Transforming Weed. Deceptive dabs. Like, you know, like it could be, I mean, it's just like a ridiculous movie. But, you know, like somebody goes to break up their weed and all of a sudden turns into a robot and attacks them. Well, I, it, it seems like there should have been a, <clears throat> a marijuana horror movie by now. Just maybe even just called The Dispensary. And <laughs> here's the fucking, somebody's going to make the movie now. But I mean, you know, there's a bad, or maybe call it The Strain, you know. And Ooh. the weed causes... You know, I don't know. It either makes weird things happen to people or the plants themselves are, you know, like monsters or extraterrestrial plants or just that kind of shit. Um, the uh, the other thing that I thought of was. Uh, uh, OK, what did wait, what'd you say? Because there was the thing about the weed turning into a robot. Yeah, but. There was, oh, so a long time ago, um, when I was, <clears throat> I think I was reading Spawn, I think Spawn was around in like 94, huh. and because I was riding my bike to a place called Shinders, I don't know if they were just a Midwest thing or a Minnesota thing or if they were national, but they sold comic books, it was a cool store, um, it was very late 80s early 90s um you know records and like a curtain where there was porno behind it um but <laughs> spawn i was i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna get into this mag or this this comic i think i was like 14 and i was riding my bike and then i had it in my head because you know marijuana started to enter my world and um i didn't use it for a few more years but you know people were using it and so i was like there should be a superhero named weed. And that's his thing is like, he's, he kind of looks like spawn in my mind. You know, he was green, uh, but that was his thing. He would like use weed in some way to, he was one of those like anti-heroes because obviously the square community wouldn't accept him as a hero because he was associated with drugs, but he right. did, you know, he did fight the bad guys guys the murderers and the those guys so but that never materialized i just i just yeah. thought of it. so now somebody's gonna steal it god what damn it a, like a reverse hulk where he's just this big brooding beast of a man and he's all angry and shit but then he smokes weed and then he's fine does he physically uh become like a more like a smaller less less frightening looking like mild mannered dude does he become like a does he turn into like a stereotypical stoner yeah yeah like skinny lanky dude right yeah skinny lanky dude just like out of his gourd you know like a fish t-shirt and like yeah so he and he has like a flat top and then he he when he when he smokes weed he grows dreads yeah and a shitty beard <laughs> very patchy yeah 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 like a really bad mustache <laughs> and his weakness is nachos 
<laughs> yeah. Well, so, so we're already on the subject of cannabis. No, but hey, man, I like I like that idea a lot. I would uh, has has the guy listened to the show? I mean, is he cool with? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was just like, oh yeah, <laughs> with with our intense p- political controversy and and just expletive laden, uh, sexually product provocative, misogynistic. I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah, no, I I got you. I yeah, think I we're pretty know. we're pretty mild mannered show. I mean, give or take. I'll take. Yeah. All right, now on to uh, the cannabis news. Uh, Denver dispensaries are seeing an uptake in robberies amidst the, amidst the pandemic crisis. <coughs> Excuse me. I was. I was kind of bummed out when I when I saw that article. Yeah. Well, they're um I mean they're saying I mean just in general, I mean Boulder's a very you know, low crime area, but they're already seeing uptakes in burglaries, home burglaries. Uh Terms for clarification. Someone is guilty of robbery if he steals from a person using force or makes them think force will be used. Um, theft means taking someone's property but does not involve the use of force. Burglary means illegally entering a property in order to steal property from it. Yeah, I I needed to look all that shit up because I was reading articles that were using robbery and then ones that were using burglary and then I realized oh, they're actually talking about different things i i didn't really know i guess i kind of did but you know those are three words that they all involve taking something from somebody else so right no that's a good uh clarification you know and then i guess if you you mug somebody i guess it's a quick you know physical grab and take yeah right but that would be a robbery Right. Hmm. Anyways, uh, dispensaries were allowed to operate as essential businesses. Um, uh, Dispensaries and cultivation sites have experienced 10 burglaries in the first two weeks of April. This is up from eight burglaries during the entire month of April 2019. Uh, in 2019, there were 122 marijuana business burglaries within D- Denver city limits. There have been 13 burglaries reported thus far in 2020. Seven in January, six in February, eight in March. So I, I guess I didn't think of it until just now. I wonder what this is compared to liquor stores. Um, yeah. I, I mean... There's more marijuana businesses that probably will only accept cash. Um, the ones that I go to generally take cards. Uh, I try to pay in cash, though. So right. I just, I'm guessing the dispensaries, the ones that I've worked in anyway, they usually have quite a bit of cash um, in the place. So liquor yeah. stores 
there's probably a lot more um, plastic transactions going on. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that will. Because uh, I know it's kind of like it's interesting that some dispensaries could take cards, but they usually there's some kind of loophole that they do. They, you know. I don't know, or they charge you like an extra fee or a lot of these dispensaries have ATMs that you could use uh, in order to get cash out there. But then, of course, you got to pay their ATM fee. So like, maybe this will prompt uh, more card sales because you're right. If they don't have as much cash in hand, you know. Well, the place that I'm a member of, the place that I use my medical card at, they they um they accept debit cards, which is is great because that way there's no fee or anything, and it just works out for everybody. But like the place down the street from me that sells uh, rec and medical, they'll take a credit card. I think I think they'll take a credit or a debit, but then they'll charge a two dollar fee. So yeah. I just never. Luckily, my bank is in the same parking lot. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think every or almost every dispensary I go to has an ATM like in the little um, lobby area now, but I, you know, it's, it's so rare that I'll use an ATM that doesn't, well, actually I, I belong to a credit union now, so I can use those, but those, those ATMs that they stick in the dispensary lobbies are, are usually like a private, um, they're not, not a credit union one. And so, you know, yeah, you just get you get screwed when it sucks when you got to pay to get your own money. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but yeah, that's the that's the game. Um, I remember eh, 2013, 2014, maybe earlier, maybe later. Uh, there was this, this dispensary called the Dandelion in Boulder, and uh, they got or no, they got uh, robbed uh, and people came in there in ski masks and had cans of bear mace that they walked in and they immediately sprayed all the bud tenders and had them all on the ground and then took whatever they needed or wanted. Yeah, fuck those guys in their, you know, unlubricated assholes. Fuck them. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I just, those motherfuckers can burn in hell. I mean, I don't think I think it was unnecessary to uh, spray people with bear mace. You know, it's just like, hey, like you know, threaten them with it. <laughs> I think that most folks gonna be like, okay, that's that's fine. You know, take what you want, which is also the right thing to do. I mean, don't put your life at risk. You know, it's not worth it, no matter what they're trying to steal from you. But uh, according to the Denver Police Department memo, quote, the Denver Police Department has seen a slight increase in burglaries to marijuana businesses, primarily, primarily storefronts, during this unprecedented time in our history. We know that all of you have established new policies during this pandemic to limit the number of customers in your stores while practicing good social distancing recommendations. If you have not done so already, Please take this time to incorporate additional measures to prevent a crime from occurring at your business. End quote. So do you think that means like get another private guy with a gun? Because <laughs> you know, 
Because they do have security. Yeah. You like Bear Mace Eyes Head? Bear Mace? You're going with Christ! It, my my first venture in the cannabis industry uh, was a manager, and we had to get security. And you know the my one of my bosses was in charge of getting the security set up. Uh, I mean, getting a guard in there, you know, and assessing like which company to go with. And the company we went with was good. I can't even think of their name right now. Uh, Iron Big Al, like Iron I Mountain think. or something. It was yeah, Iron Mountain. That sounds good. No, it was actually Big Owls. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, at first they sent us this guy, and I thought he was like kind of small and like. Not a, uh, I don't know, maybe he was, like, good, uh, he had a good head on his shoulders, but I didn't see it. So, I told my my boss, I was like, hey, like, I don't think, you know, I want a security guard that looks like, like John Rambo. You know, I want somebody that I'm intimidated by. If I see, if I was a criminal, and I walked in somewhere, and there was a security guard that I had 50 pounds on, like, I would feel pretty confident about taking that guy down. Right. You know? And I'm not even that big of a guy. So... You should, like, if they're gonna have a little guy, he should at least have a bow staff. Yeah. Or be a really scrappy crazy dude, you know? Like, crazy eyes, you know? Oh, yeah, and always, like, twitching and fidgety and shit like that. You know, like Joe Pesci. Yeah. Like a Joe Pesci type. You're funny, <laughs> You mean, so? let me understand this, because I don't you know, maybe it's me, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? I make you laugh? I'm here to fucking amuse you? What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? Yeah. And then they hired this guy who... <laughs> he was definitely bigger, and, like... He loved guns and stuff. He had a lot of guns in his car and shit. And I think he was even had his like permit to be able to carry a gun. And he wanted to be a cop and stuff. But I think he scared a lot of, you know, people. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are always <laughs> fun to work with. Yeah. I got along with them fine, but you know, I'm a special one. <laughs> uh the Denver metro area has also seen a rise in armed robberies in late 2019 and early 2020. One of these useless kin sacks of wasted teeth and organs was arrested and charged in February. His limp dick beta male coward buddies are still at large, presumably fucking their mothers. <laughs> that wasn't in the article. I, I, I fucked up. It was supposed to be one of these useless skin sacks of wasted teeth and organs. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I look, I look this fucking guy up that got arrested and he just, you see these dead eyes. You can tell he's just all fucked up. He's got tattoos on his face. And, oh yeah. You know, these fucking assholes, these wastes of fucking space, you know? And it's like, yeah. it said, you know, his buddies are still at large. And it's just like, just fucking, it's one of those things where you kind of like, I just hope they kill each other. One of those things, like. I hate that these fuckers just scare the shit out of people and rob legitimate uh, businesses. It's like, fuck you. Right. So there, there's my take. Yeah. And don't get a tattoo on your face. 
No, do not do that. Not a good. Uh, not a, it's not a good look. No. Or or idea. In it, in any circumstance. Yeah, not even above the neck. This is something I was a little bit interested in. The Veterans Affairs uh, should uh, let doctors verbally recommend medical marijuana amid the coronavirus lawmakers are saying. Uh, Apparently, Massachusetts has closed its doors, its its recreational shops. Um, And I, I guess I knew that since we were talking yesterday about delivery options, apparently Massachusetts rec shops are closed. I think they're just doing delivery right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd have to look again back at what is in the notes or whatever, but um, their, their medical dispensaries are still open. Those are considered essential services under government's orders. Uh, But uh, veterans, may avoid registering as cannabis patients out of concern they could lose their federal benefits. This is one of those fucking, you know, the, the writing. Somewhere the writing fucks over the writing somewhere else. So mm-hmm. veterans that could, you know, of all people that are, you know, people complain about, you know, cannabis, uh, you know, uh, well, we think it might have medical and they're always going to side with veterans more than, you know, punks like you and I. Right. And the veterans are the ones that are not being allowed to fucking get it because they could lose their federal benefits. So, yeah, it's just it's like this is one of those things I had never really thought of because I'm just not in that world. So. Now left without access to cannabis medicine, lawmakers want Veterans Affairs to amend its policies, at least on a temporary basis. I hate that last part. Um, Seven members of the Massachusetts congressional delegation are urging the head of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs to allow Veterans Affairs physicians to verbally recommend medical marijuana to military veterans amid the coronavirus pandemic. It's unclear what the practical impact of allowing the VA doctors to make verbal recommendations would be given that state medical marijuana certifications generally require a written component from doctors. So for those that don't know, in Colorado anyway, and I think nationwide, um, to get your medical marijuana card, you need to go see a doctor a medical doctor that uh, does, uh, an ex- you know, I guess you'd call it an exam, and then they issue you a card based on what they feel is whether you need it or not. Um, yeah. I have heard instances of people not being issued cards. So, right. I mean, it's not bullshit, and it's really not bullshit. I mean, some people, it, I think, before rec came out, some people probably treated it as bullshit, but it's really not bullshit for a lot of people. And this is especially who they're talking about. And basically I think what they're getting at is, you know, if, if you're fucked up, is there a way of circumventing going in for a physical appointment and 
uh, I guess, having the conversation with your doctor, I, I think this is what they're getting at. I mean, a lot of what I took here was, you know, this is, this is summarized. Um, I think this is like having a conversation with your doctor, not in person and having them recommend that uh, you be eligible for medical marijuana without doing it in person. So um, Veterans Affairs currently allows and encourages veterans to discuss their use of marijuana as a treatment for various ailments with their government doctors, but it specifically prohibits its physicians from issuing recommendations needed to register as a qualified patient under a state legal program or from assisting in obtaining medical cannabis in any way. So they want to hear about it, how it helps, but they, they won't help them get it. They can't. Right. States that have medical cannabis programs generally require a licensed doctor's signature in order for a patient to be certified so that the language around verbal recommendations by itself wouldn't help veterans obtain legally protected patient status. Additionally, veterans are already able to seek out written recommendations from non-VA physicians, and it's not clear how VA would be able to facilitate a process where those private providers would waive or minimize costs as uh, the letter that they're drafting encourages. So this becomes like this nightmare of like um, paperwork and yeah, bureaucracy. It's like laws intersecting one another, regulations that are sort of intersecting one another and maybe contradicting one another. And then you have to get different lawmakers together to figure out how they can fucking make it work. So lawmakers are urging change on behalf of veterans. I'm sorry, lawmakers urging change on behalf of veterans wrote, by authorizing tailored temporary actions, the VA could help Massachusetts veterans who use or are interested in using medical marijuana receive more comprehensive clinical advice from their VA providers, reduce opioid addiction and substance abuse use disorders, and achieve better health outcomes, they concluded. Finally, when this public health emergency ends, we urge VA to consider making this directive the official policy of the department going forward. Um, outside of the veterans' specific issues related to federal marijuana policies during the coronavirus pandemic, there's also a congressional push in the works to expand disaster relief benefits to marijuana businesses. There's 11 senators have sent um, a letter to the Appropriations Committee leadership earlier this month asking for a provision to future spending legislation that would allow cannabis companies to access small business administration programs. SBA has stated that marijuana businesses, as well as those that work, quote unquote, indirectly with the industry, do not qualify for COVID-related relief while cannabis remains federally prohibited. So that part right there where it says, as well as those that work indirectly with the industry, what does that mean? Like, what's a can- Um, I think that, that means um, like uh, packaging suppliers and, and things. Okay. 
Would you think? Would you agree? I don't know because. Well, because I feel like those companies don't only supply. I mean, maybe some are specific to cannabis only, but I would assume like, you know, they provide, uh, you know, health and wellness companies or whatever, you know? Uh, um, yeah. I, I, but I find that, well, that interesting with the, uh, there's those security companies like we were talking about that only work with marijuana. With maybe that, yeah. So like that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, related to that uh, and all that stuff about the VA, one, I mean, Rooster would have been great to pipe in on this stuff. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. But two, uh, yeah, I think it's funny with the verbal recommendations. It's like, what, what good is that? Why can't they take a get a verbal recommendation and then the, the doctor sends them through the mail a written one? You know, I, I don't know. It just sounds like it's just, it, it, it seems just rushed together. Like, no, I mean, I think what it's saying is like, instead of them having to physically go see the doctor, the doctor will give them the recommendation yeah. without the physical um, exam, I think. Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah, but, yeah, but like it doesn't, uh, but there's no trace of that. There might have been, I don't know. It was a long article. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was it was interesting. Though. If, if you want to know more, folks, uh, Google Google that. Not that Google VA veterans should let doctors verbally recommend marijuana. Yeah, not the word that. That should pop up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, in other news, moving on to coffee news, uh, Molson Coors expands partnership with cannabis producer Hexo in Colorado. First off, um, when you say coffee news and then you hear Molson Coors, it automatically makes me think of beer. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, you know what? Uh, You were just like CBD beverages. You know why I got this here is because I was looking up. Um, so, you know, coffee, coffee news, it's the same shit every single day. So I was like, all right, Colorado coffee. Um, or no, yeah. you know what? Uh, I, I typed in coffee or something and it just said uh, CBD coffee. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah that makes okay. sense. And then... Um, it went into this whole thing about, uh, yeah, CBD beverages. And since Coors is a local company, I was like, hey, there's a there's a whole bunch of information. Hey. So, but coffee, coffee, you know, coffee's awesome. It's so good. So coffee, that's the news for coffee. That today. is the news. Moving on with other beverages. <laughs> Uh, Molson Coors expands the partnership with cannabis producer Hexo in Colorado. Trust CBD USA is a joint venture between Molson Coors and Hexo. All production and distribution for Trust will stay in Colorado since the state already has a regulatory framework for hemp-derived CBD in food and beverages. The company said no CBD products will be produced at Molson Coors facilities. Hmm. 
In October, Trust Beverage Co. partnered with Flow Glow Beverages to make and distribute CBD-infused spring water in Canada. Hmm. Other players in the CBD game are AB InBev, uh, which that company owns Anheuser-Busch now, uh, and Canadian cannabis company Tilray partnered to launch non-alcoholic CBD-infused beverages under the Fluent Beverage brand in Canada in 2018. Constellation Brands spent about $4 billion investing in the world's largest publicly traded cannabis company, Canopy Growth, an investment that hasn't paid off yet. yet. And we are all over that. Uh, yeah, we yeah, we were all over that. Just listen to uh, previous episodes. We're all, over, we're all over cannabis stock news. Yeah. Uh, even though the FDA hasn't approved CBD as an ingredient in foods and beverages, many companies are moving ahead with plans for CBD products in Canada and the U.S. So, all right. I mean, is that just speculating? Like, hey, we're just going to get the shit ready? You know? Where it's at? Yeah. Uh, we're like, we're just going to do it anyway? You know, I, I this is where, like, I'm confused. Right, maybe the thinking is because the FDA doesn't have anything existing yet other than statements and all those statements say we do not want CBD in food. You're right. right. Uh, but yet companies are still like not listening. They're like, we'll, we'll invest in making gummies. We'll invest in doing this. And maybe the idea behind it is that, uh, you know, if there's a lot of businesses already making it and consumers aren't, you know, being neg- uh, being negatively uh, uh, affected by what's on the market, then they're going to turn around and change their point of view and make beverages and food products legal or regulated. Rather. It's funny that, like, um, so... Since 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 marijuana is federally illegal, they just you know we have marijuana food like it's like there's no nobody regulating it. You know right. we have brown. We can go in and get edibles and like one of the companies that's going to get mentioned in a minute here makes a makes a brand called or a, a product called Keef Cola, and I haven't bought one in a while, but they kick ass. You know it's like if you want to. If you come to Colorado or probably most other places that sell marijuana, uh, you don't just have to, you know, I think everybody knows this, you know, it's not just flour and it's also not just concentrate, you know, you can get, you can get soda and it's good. Um, But yeah, so it's just funny to me that the stuff that's federally illegal is pretty much a free for all when it comes to products. And there's all this these hoops to jump through with the one that they've they've made it federally legal, but you have to be really careful what you put it in and how you classify it because it's regulated in a completely different way. It's just it's just funny to me. Yeah. Not really funny. I almost believe that. COVID-19 that, uh... COVID-19! COVID-19! You know, it might be the push 
for them to wrap up this fucking regulatory shit. <laughs> but anyway, so other uh, so brands that uh, are moving ahead with plans for CBD products in Canada and the U.S. are Keith Keith Colas, uh, who have already seen success in the market already. Uh, Bolt House Farms uh, was planning to launch a launch CBD infused products, including some in juice and coffee. Uh, Arizona Beverages and Dixie Brands, a Denver-based cannabis company, also partnered last year for the production, distribution, and sales of marijuana infused products containing THC. That's a big uh, partnership. Yeah, I have. I used to. Uh, I haven't bought it in a long time, but that Arizona iced tea is uh, is a good. Yeah, ice strength does a lot too. I haven't had them in years. I actually heard too in uh, other Arizona beverages news that they're going to start making uh, a green tea that has alcohol in it. And my first thought was, uh, man, that's going to make you pee. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, all right, here, a uh, little psychedelics news action. Uh, there wasn't much news, to, to nothing new, but I um, wanted to bring something up that I didn't know many people knew, that uh, Denver is the first city in, uh, I don't know about the world, but the, the United States that has decriminalized uh, psilocybin, um, which is the active ingredient, the uh, psychedelic the i don't know the difference between psychedelic and psychotropic but it's the thing that makes you hallucinate the thing that makes you trip inside of uh what we call magic mushrooms and um so it is no longer you don't get in trouble if you're found with it you're just uh you're not supposed to sell it because they're not making any money off it so Denver government psilocybin panel sets criteria to track decriminalization's impact and this, this happened um, last month, but uh, I just figured it was something to go over. The, uh, the nation's first government panel focused on psychedelics policy reform held its second meeting on the implementation of a Denver decriminalization law on March 24th. Denver's decision to decriminalize psilocybin on May 8th, 2019 created a domino effect across the U.S. Months later, on June 3rd, the Oakland City Council unanimously approved a measure to make a wide range of psychedelics among the city's lowest law enforcement priorities. Santa Cruz later followed suit on January 28, 2020. Since then, activists in more than 100 cities have opted to pursue the policy change. However, amidst the COVID-19 outbreak, COVID-19! COVID-19. There have been some setbacks. Uh, in Washington, D.C., advocates working to decriminalize psychedelics are requesting that officials allow electronic signature gathering. A uh, California campaign to legalize psilocybin made a similar request. Organizers for an initiative to legalize psilocybin for therapeutic purposes in Oregon have announced they would be attending campaign activities in light of the pandemic. Um, I'm sorry, they would be amending, camp, not attending, amending. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I don't know. Things seem <laughs> to be moving in the direction that, uh, I guess, the direction that I would hope that they would move in, where 
you know, we see more, we see less uh, fear and more, you know, interest and therapeutic use and uh, just Mm -hmm. freedom of personal use. Um, I don't know, whatever, whatever the hell I, whatever the hell I always kind of wanted and didn't think would ever happen. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, they're making so much uh, progress with, uh, you know, uh, treating PTSD with whether it's ecstasy or psilocybin, or I'm sorry, uh, what's the key component in ecstasy? MDMA. (laughs) MDMA. Yeah. MDMA, you know, psilocybin. I keep hearing about ketamine. Yeah, that's true too. Ketamine. Yeah. I, I don't know what they're using it uh, for, but I've been hearing it's been used to treat something. Not saying, you know, don't don't anybody run out and get fucking uh, cat tranquilizer because I don't know what they're using it to treat. But um, I just I've I've been reading. It's a lot of fun though. <laughs> well, at the time I did it, it didn't really work. Uh, I don't think the way it was supposed to. Um, the girl sitting next to me, she just kept going, I'm going into a K hole. And I just kind of sat there. Like, <laughs> I guess I got kind of woozy or something. I don't know. I didn't, I don't know what it was supposed to do. Cause it didn't do it to me. Uh, so what the hell was it supposed to do? I think it is kind of a rough path you can go down. Uh, I have done it a few times and I did enjoy it, but I actually done it coming down from psychedelic substances, uh, which I think added to the effects. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's like a dissociative. So it's almost psychedelic in a sense, but it's not classified as a psychedelic, but it makes you like lose track of time and your, your body, you know, you definitely have like a body high, and uh, a bit of a mind fucking away. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but if you're interested in reading more about, um, you know, some uh, projects around uh, psychedelic research and, you know, treating, uh, you know, uh, PTSD and things of that nature, uh, look up MAPS. Uh, it's the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Uh, um, they, they, they do great work um, and they're, they always have good uh, information on their websites. So that's maps.org. Right on. Uh, yeah. Well, but since we're already on the topic of uh, psychedelic drugs uh, today in history on, in 1943, Albert Huffman discovers the hallucinogenic effects of LSD. He accidentally ingested some, uh, not to be confused with the infamous bike ride that occurs that occurred on April 19th, 1940. I thought that was the same thing. I thought that he like spilled LSD at, I thought he was working in his lab, spilled some LSD and then like went on a bike ride and tripped his ass off. Yeah. I don't think this was the bike ride though. I think he ate, like ingested a little bit and then had the effects. I don't know. All right. Well, that's what i was confused about because i like knew bicycle day was on the 19th and i was like well 
But why did he eat some today? He was partying. Uh, in other news, uh, in 2007, there was the, the Virginia Tech shooting happened, um, killing 32 people. I don't know why that doesn't seem uh, that long ago, but apparently it was that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. That was a yep. big fucking bummer. Right. Um, really not too much, uh, uh, in other historical news, the, you know, Charlie Chaplin was born in 1889 because everybody knows how much <laughs> we love him. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, in 1947, a fertilizer explosion, uh, happened in Texas city, Texas, killing 581. Oh, wow. People. That's a lot. Jesus. Yeah, that is. I mean, a fertilizer. Yeah, it's it's an explosive. Whenever I hear know? about fertilizer, I actually I think of um, Oklahoma City. The Unabomber. Uh, yeah, because Tim McVeigh and the rider truck. Now I think when you buy over a certain amount, I don't think back then they. I think you could just buy as much as you wanted, and then after Oklahoma, I think if you buy, I don't know if it's a certain amount, but they take information from you. Yeah, they like. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, you have to be like right. ID'd because it. I guess it's you're like, buying an explosive. You know. You know? Uh, similar thing too. I remember, I've been ID'd for buying duct tape. Yeah, but you were buying rope and like a bunch of other weird shit. I remember <laughs> hearing about this. Yeah, I'm just kinky, man. Uh, <laughs> but uh. Sorry, I just take a sip of my coffee. Uh, in the show. But they, yeah, they ID, ID you for buying duct tape because apparently people will scrape off the adhesive of the duct tape and they'll smoke that. I have never heard that before in my life. I guess Isn't that we all just learned something today. Yeah. But uh, probably should never smoke that stuff. Well, you just put that in my head. And, uh, you know, I imagine somebody probably smokes it out of a a duct tape uh, uh, pipe. All right. Uh, Yeah, there's that's so here shit, man. I don't know. I don't know how like prevalent it is. I mean, I think like, you know, the same crowd of people that like huff gasoline or huff spray paint would smoke duct tape. Yeah. I, I, I this is probably one of those I, crowds that the IQ doesn't, doesn't stay, you know, it's just like the IQ just keeps dropping. Um, right. Yeah. It's like, if you, you know, I robo tripped once, once, you know, there's certain things that yeah. if you just keep doing it, too many times, I think you kind of just end up in a a fog. Right. Yep, I agree. Um, in uh, other historic news, uh, there's uh, history is being made in Boulder as we speak. Uh, 
we've officially had the snowiest winter on record with uh, 145 inches of snowfall this year, shattering the previous record set in the 1908-1909 winter season. I know, I feel bad. My, uh, my little dogs, I usually give them a couple of walks a day, and I don't even think I can walk them right now. Uh, it came down yeah. last night. I didn't know, really. I woke up this morning. And uh, it was like a, a Christmas story. <laughs> but oh, it's more like Groundhog. Yeah, really. I know. Fucking uh. quarantine. <laughs> um. Well, hey, I got nothing. Uh, I mean, I got a bunch of shit. I, I'm gonna play with the uh, the blog and um. Yeah, if that dude wants to be on, that'd be fun. Yeah, cool. I'll reach out. Uh, yeah, that goes for anybody out there, too. If uh, you feel like you want to partake, and uh, if you've been enjoying listening, you know, uh, you know, add us on Facebook. Uh, you know, uh, feel free to comment. You know, we'll, I even take positive and negative feedback, uh, uh, but mostly positive. And, uh, you know, spread the word, uh, pass it along. If, uh, you know, you think you have a friend that might enjoy listening to us, or an enemy. Uh, let them know. Or an enemy. You no, know, please. You know. An enemy. Yeah. They'll hate it. Spite listening. But who knows? What if it worked against you and they actually Oh, my God. Us? This show turns oh. enemies into friends. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this is, uh, this is Thursday, but, uh, happy whatever day you're listening. No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me what's funny.